Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com. Hey, welcome. It is the number one news show on YouTube about cannabis law and policy. It's Cannabis Legalization News. My name's Tom. You can find me over at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. we got a big week of news uh, to report. The, our lead story is going to be going over another cookies lawsuit. Uh, if you have a copy of it, please let us know because we just had the, law, uh, the, the newspaper report, but not the actual lawsuit. Uh, and then we have more cannabis news. We have some veteran news, some uh, DEA news, some Arizona news and states, Kentucky, Arizona, Germany. We have some international news. We also have a uh, uh, an interesting name that strain because right now Miggy is in um, Mexico. And so let's start the show and get going on this episode of Cannabis Legalization News. What's up, man? Send weed. Send weed. Why do you need weed? Is this vaping cousin? <laughs> yeah, because you're in. I'm in Mexico. I'm in Cabo. Yeah, Cabo. Yeah, you see now you can kind of see the the screen behind him. It's uh, 
Ocean. Ocean view, huh? It's beautiful out there. You got whales and uh, well, this is why growing up in Southern California, I'm not an engineer. I never got shit done because you just live by the day. You yeah. know, and if I had good weed, I would never have to leave. But there's no good weed out here. I know. So ah, uh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Hey, uh, our big story of the day, our trending story is um, cookies sued again by a retail partner in a hundred million dollar case. This is out of the MJ Biz website mj biz daily yeah did you read it i read i didn't get to find a copy of the lawsuit like this all interlinks to uh, other mj biz uh, articles that they've previously written but whatever and so mm -hmm. it's in a widening legal dispute with a partner in dozens of his adult use marijuana stores and so cookies retail llc alleged in a lawsuit filed in california superior court in orange county that's probably why i can't find it because I got mm. paid logins, but I don't have I don't have logins for California. Not less than $100 million. Uh, breached franchise law, made misrepresentations, and caused not less than $100 million in damages. And then they have uh, named a lot of people as plaintiffs in there. Uh, I'm sorry, as defendants. There's Cookies Creative Consulting and Promotions, uh, LLC and Inc., uh, and then not only that, Cookies SF, Cookies Creative PT, Cookies Creative Productions and Consulting Inc., Bigger Biz, Lemonade, Mesh Brands, and 1212 Ventures, all named as defendants, including uh, Gilbert and Matt Barron, Parker Burling, and Ian Habenicht, and Breeder Lesage Personet Chang, who is credited with the genetics that Cookies sells online. Yeah. I mean, this is a fun read just because, I mean, you kind of learn like Cookies is such a it's like suing Walmart, right? Now you now you got this big corporation and and, and all these uh, like franchisees, for lack of a better word. And also, this is something that we're gonna have to experience together, right? Like when we get our license one day, hopefully. This one period. day, yeah. Uh, it's only been seven and a half months. Only. It's been a year exactly, plus since we applied. Since we right? applied in a year, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, but and again, right? This is. The, my fear, and we'll talk about it more in another story as well, but like we're gonna have to have I mean, unless we can raise half a million and buy the property and do all the build up ourselves, which is possible. But if we wanna like get business with cookies or whoever other MSO type person, because they already have the infrastructure, right? And uh, so uh, this was funny because this guy is suing cookies saying you're not as profitable as you say you are, because they were supposed right. to give him a hundred million, I believe. Uh, they're saying that they've been damaged for a hundred million dollars and they've invested yeah. over a hundred million dollars in there. So Johnson's Johnson's cookies retail, and he's also the co-founder and CEO of TRP. Uh, and so that TRP is uh, kind of like one of cookies parent companies. Uh, we'd almost need flowcharts to understand the organization that is cookies. It's that big of a behemoth yeah. level, you know, contracts and companies that they have. Um, however, they in January 12th, they filed that suit and they said they were signing a licensing agreement with Burner's businesses on January 2020, but allowed Johnson and his companies to open cookies branded stores in Cali, Colorado, Florida, Massachusetts, Oklahoma and Oregon. And to do so, Johnson invested over 100 million bucks. But since that time, they've discovered count uh, allegedly, allegedly countless lies and blatant misrepresentations made by defendants about their business, including the profitability of cookie stores, the cost to open each store, and defendants' illegal self-dealing. Well, and I'd like to put it out there, Johnson wants to like still 
could you know be another uh, 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 investor. We're putting it out there. We're looking. So that's right. There you go. Well, we won't cost you a hundred million. Oh no, no, substantially less than that. Uh, but then they invested in thirty-three cookies branded stores, and they've opened them across the country. Yeah, and they also made some other representations that they said they, this violates state and federal franchise laws and fraudulent misrepresentation. So they try to avoid franchise laws for whatever reason. But uh, franchise laws are interesting. I'm not sure if you've ever seen like a uh, FDD, franchise disclosure document. There's federal statutes on it and what needs to go into a franchise agreement. Okay. those disclosure documents and uh, I think that's why they're making the allegation I haven't gotten a chance to read the whole case or even like the complaint but right. uh, you see lawsuits all the time with businesses because oh, yeah. people don't get paid how they thought they were gonna get paid all that stuff but what well, that's it's a big story yeah yeah it's unfortunate but then we have the the canvas freedom party story mm-hmm mm -hmm. out of Yahoo yeah. finance the Cannabis Freedom Party, uh, and this was reported on out of PR Newswire on February 20th. The Cannabis Freedom Party, the leading political action committee de uh, de uh, dedicated to cannabis reform, expressed profound disappointment in Vice President Kamala Harris's recent campaign video that showed the wrong uh, states. And she also had, they released something from the social media platform X saying that they changed federal marijuana policy because nobody should go to jail for smoking weed. And that was a blatant and staggering falsehood, according to the press release issued by the Cannabis Freedom Party. I believe Tyson's part of this. I think he sent a letter as well, part of that, you know, encouraging Biden to. Well, they uh, say uh, the co founder is Jim McMahon, uh, you know, the one that helped the Bears win the Super Bowl like four Oh, years. that's right. Mm -hmm. That's why I've seen a lot of him in the news. But I just didn't really pay much mind to next NFL player again in cannabis. Mm -hmm. Well, the CFP is urging Biden to prioritize cannabis reform by supporting legislative efforts aimed to reschedule marijuana at the federal level, going beyond the handful of expungements of past cannabis convictions that he's so far issued. I'm just waiting for that rule. Uh, we got a, I got a video in the works. I got the uh, script done. So that is going to be coming out here soon. And oh, thanks, guys. If you are tuning in for the podcast the first time, welcome. Uh, we've gotten a lot of subscribers over the past month. We passed 55,000. Hope you're one of them. So do subscribe to the podcast uh, and then like this video so that you'll see our other ones. I just did one on cannabis seeds. Really didn't blow up uh, how we thought, but then it was flagged 18 plus. So we had to re-upload it and not be as hooky on our titles for uh, what it's about. But that'll happen. I mean, we tried, I, yeah, but it's, it's hard to say like what is and what is isn't with weed whenever we talk about it. Cause we've been getting shadow banned and demonetized and flagged for the past 10 years plus. So, you know, I don't, I don't think. But hit that like, hit that subscribe, because we'll be here for you to talk about the news and what's going on in the culture. That's uh, what we do. It's what we do, man. All right, moving on to the next story. We have the first DEA-sanctioned cannabis import from Jamaica. So there we go. International importing of cannabis. The United States has received a shipment of cannabis from Jamaica 
Canadian company, Canadian Jamaican company comprised of former <laughs> vets of Steep Hill Labs and Canopy Growth have shipped what they claim is the first DEA-sanctioned export of a cannabis product from Jamaica to the United States. The Toronto-based Pure Jamaican brand and its cultivation and manufacturing arm in Montego Bay, Jamaica, 710 Pharmaceuticals, exported eight different tincture products and three different distillate products with various ratios of THC and CBD. What a what a roundabout way to become a legal drug dealer in America, right? Like like they started because this this is what what is this product? Is it like a CBD or? A... Uh, they said the products were shipped to a DEA licensed facility, ACS Laboratory in Sun City, and uh, the testing facility has content, uh, contentious history with Florida regulators. So they shipped it for testing purposes, not for commercial purposes. Mm. Still, I mean, it's a product. It's something that's being sold and recognized, right? Like. You talk about those uh, those loopholes, like the little like uh, like when you make a credit card purchase, right? Like the, the little check mark. So this has got to be somewhere now another step towards uh, uh, processing, right? Towards actually, you know, having ways for like uh, besides just for government testing, right? There's got to be other ways to make a purchase to do this thing within other uh, countries. But, we'll see. But uh, yeah, all that yeah. stuff's getting uh, hashed out. But in the past, researchers were only given two options to obtain research cannabis from the University of Mississippi or to get a DEA permit to import it from foreign companies such as Tilray in Canada. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We got veterans pushing for the cannabis reclassification. We sure do. This is out of the Dales Report. Dales Report published veteran groups push for cannabis reclassification. Veteran groups are calling for cannabis to be moved from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3, like everybody else is. Let's go, Biden. Come on. And mm -hmm. uh, it would widen treatment options for veterans, and a DEA decision on cannabis could significantly impact veteran care. So it's still Schedule 1 until after they publish that rule and move it to Schedule 3. I saw Shalene Tile post this morning about rescheduling. Again, this is that big reschedule, deschedule, right? Ideally, we want deschedule, but, you know, give us what we can right now. Home grow would be ideal, but like uh, she argued that you know rescheduling it would give uh, pharmaceutical people who already know like the processes and the power their law enforcement. But my my argument is against too. It's against people who are trying to go into business, right? You know that's no matter what you got to follow rules. I think rescheduling though would empower the end consumer, the citizen for like home grows and things like that. I mean, you know, for this plant, I would hope. Yeah, you would hope it so. And, um, you know, we'll see. But uh, we have some organizations of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, AMVETS, uh, the GI Forum, American Legion, Blind Veterans Association, Minority Veterans of America, all of them joined in on this call for uh, rescheduling. And they emphasize the need to access a broader array of treatments to address both physical and mental health challenges faced by Veterans, veterans returning from service. I mean, legalization is a wellness issue. It is. It is. The American Legion did a poll as part of this um, uh, statement that they've issued, and they found that 82% of respondents support the option of medical cannabis as a federally legal treatment. And also, uh, that is uh, a little bit more than the most recent Gallup poll from last year that showed. 70% of Americans favor outright adult use legalization. What? 
And then the VA, unfortunately, flip-flops every year, depending on whose administration is in charge, right? So uh, it'd be nice if they can still uh, reinforce this and help. Yeah. Help is always... How well yeah. do you think before the, the Schedule 3 rule is going to drop? Because I really don't know. And it's uh, February's almost over. So I'm hopeful that it's it's really, you know, next week. Next week would be great. Right. Or our license. You know, what's going to happen first? Our license or rescheduling? Uh, I don't know what's going to happen first. License or rescheduling. I Well, ideally, it's our license first because rescheduling is a process where they publish the rule and then they have the public comments and then they have the uh, final rule published and then it becomes enforceable. That could take until early next year. But uh, hopefully it's before the end of this year. I don't know. And then when will we get this license? I don't think it's going to be this month unless it's Thursday, uh, leap day. Maybe then. Mm. Typically, they do the issues on Thursday in the afternoon. And sure. uh, they didn't happen this time. So I was just sitting around on the 22nd. It's like, oh, okay, it's 3.15. They aren't going to announce it. Damn it. No, I feel that. I feel that there's always like a, what is it? Whenever they drop, what do you call it? Like a Friday drop? When people drop like lawsuits or releases or whatever the case is. Oh, yeah, but the regulators aren't like that. Uh, the regulators would do it on a Thursday and take Friday off. Well, I mean, you already know the schedule or, or how the uh, these type of uh, you know people act, right? Their their processes because everything's a process, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it, it's like you know, we got this process going on. We're getting ready for Missouri. I mean, we're talking about veterans. Did you know that disabled veterans count as social equity in Missouri? If anybody's a disabled veteran tuning in, uh, leave it in the comments. Let us know. Yeah. Because you're eligible to win a cannabis license in the state of Missouri coming up this summer. Might as well play. Yeah. And, and, and actually, reach, outreach to Tom. If, you, if you're in that category, you know you qualify. Because, I mean, Tom's organizing a team. And, you know, we're – and, again, we're a prime example, right? Because we're going to now – get to the next level, right? We won the license. Yay. Now the next level is going to be the business side and, and, and you need a good partner, right? You need someone you can trust because, you, you know, I mean, but yeah, you need, you need people that you trust with the money, which is really difficult because yeah. greed screws with people's head. Well, power. I mean, too, I mean, because the, the degree, the money that, you, that comes in with these kind of things sometimes with a good uh, business that, that is flowing, you know, it's not going to be like somebody's like, uh, Businesses that talk a lot that they're uh, flush with cash, but then you find out like in these cookies lawsuits, like uh, they weren't doing so great. Or like MedMen, like how many, you know, they shit the bed. So uh, uh, well, we can talk about what happened with MedMen. But first, if you're watching this at home, great. You can see the beautiful thing that Miggy's sitting in front of. And he's decided to take an hour out of his vacation to talk to you, our audience. So, you know, thank you so much for, um, thanks for joining us. <laughs> it's just so pretty out there. I tell you. Well, you know, in, in doing this thing with you, I, mean, I, th I think we 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 help move the conversation forward, like we've been doing. You know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 you know, we're not trying to be pop celebrities, but you know, it's just a matter of like as people, you know, as uh, citizens, we are empowered the more we know, right? Right. And so, yeah, we're trying to make the people that tune in and watch should know more about cannabis legalization than ninety nine percent of Americans. And then share that knowledge with other people, people, because this thing's taken effing forever. It's been ever. Yeah. I mean, it's been, let's see, 37, 24. What is that? 86 years, 87 years. 
and, and so that's that's the first one, and the second one, fifty-four years. But well, uh, boy, and then even what we have, the game's not fair, right? For like, I, you know, I always talk about how like when I was younger, when I was a former barter of weed, uh, you know, I trade it for paper, um, but like. You, you're thinking like, oh, man, if this is legal, I can make a business, I can do a thing. I never thought I could be a grower. I always just thought I, it's just like a sales type thing, you know, and it, to legally get to that point, it, it's so much just back regulation. And then even to be the business where you become the Walmart or whatever uh, uh, that people dream to be, uh, it's still a lot, right? Because you're trying to do your own empire. I like being a technician, dude. I'm a worker bee, baby. I just want to be the guy putting little widgets and, and, and screwing things together. But uh, uh, I'd also like to own a company if I can. <laughs> well, you know, you get you get equity. And then uh, yeah. it's now just how much. And then because there's uh, there's reasons why we might want to keep it 51% uh, it, because there's bills in Illinois, one of which would allow us to sell medical. And so, like, okay. we could get the similar, like, we could make really attractive offers to uh, potential investors or operational partners, you know, in the future after we get the license, all that stuff. But, um, you know, we have to get there first. And, and so if we're able to access the loans, because then they've, they've got another bill out there that says they're going to try to have uh, the social equity uh, conditional licenses that we've won. Uh, be able to access loans because then it becomes a lot easier if you can have your operating capital taken care of and then you have a, a somebody who builds out your real estate and that you have a real estate partner but real estate is an asset and so it's one of those deals where it's um it's easier to get open yeah yeah but real estate but also the uh the structure here we go baby oh That's hey time. it's 20 past the hour already which means that Literally somewhere on the planet. It is 420 somewhere. Yes. One of the things that I want to talk about, you know, and then shout out to collateral base. We're finally finding for somebody to help us brand that. Uh, I've, I've had this company for four years done no work on its branding or marketing. I've, I've just sunk everything into like a cannabis brand. And I think we're kind of hitting a wall there because you can't buy ads for it. Uh, you know, you get shadow banned. Uh, like, for example, on our, our, our Instagram, I don't think our Instagram's ever going to get over 4,900 just because it's like I got this governor where it just starts deleting people. But anyway, uh, we are looking for other people similarly situated to Miggy. And to do that, we've started a, a website called social socialequityincubator.com. And the point of this is to uh, find people and, for example, disabled veterans, or uh, if you have a qualifying cannabis arrest like Miggy does. Of course, Miggy's also a veteran, but are you a disabled veteran, Miggy? I am not, but my brother is. Well, there you go. Your brother is also eligible to win a dispensary license in the great state of Missouri. Uh, we're looking for people that are qualified so that we can help them uh, get in the industry and have a fair shot at making some of that cash. And again, you're, look, you're looking for a fair partner, someone that's not going to, as we're going to talk about later, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of vultures out there trying to uh, uh, hurt people. And again, that's the, uh, I don't have a half million dollars in my pocket. So we're going to have to go into bed with somebody 
and, and work with them and hopefully have a good partner. And, and, and you know, that's going to be the next level of this game, right? Because uh, uh, starting the store, starting the business. So that still counts. Expunged arrests still count. And so if it's a low-level offense, um, hey, that that qualifies you. And then, then that's 50% of it. Then we can do some additional due diligence to see if you're social equity in Illinois. But uh, our story that we have now is about social equity in Arizona. So we have some Arizona news. Not sure if anybody from AZ is in the house. Hopefully, I'll be able to go out to one of Mita's parties fairly soon. They are the last Wednesday of the, the month. Shout out to Dimitri and all the Mita people um, in Arizona. But the lawmakers there are introducing a, uh, an interstate commerce bill. And so this would improve interstate commerce for marijuana. It's House Bill 2770, which would allow marijuana products to be sold across state lines. Fascinating, you know. Fascinating. I wonder, so they are they connected to Vegas or uh, Nevada? I'm trying to think. I think so. Is Arizona's weed? I don't think they'll sell in California. I'm just trying to think where they export to that, where that desired market's at. But uh, is this also the social equity lawsuit that we're going to talk about, the bill, or no? Oh, I, I thought that was uh, one of them, but uh, I can pull that one up because we had additional New York. Uh, we're not in New York, Arizona. Um, news. So, we can, yeah, we can talk about this one. The uh, This is a, a new bill that is in Arizona as well. Uh, they are trying to reclaim social equity licenses from investors and, and corporate marijuana dispensaries. So Arizona lawmakers are pushing Senate Bill 1262 to restore power to those states' social equity program was uh, who have been either forced out or have sold, and they they have some allegations regarding you know purported predatory tactics to seize control of nearly all the lucrative licenses. Right now, they say 24 of the 26 social equity licenses are now fully controlled by companies or people who do not belong in these special groups to get the license. Uh, Arizona is a prime example of the, the law itself, how it enabled this bad behavior, right? Uh, we've got a comment here from Robin talking about if they ever allow just a regular, you know, Joe Jane to apply to become a citizen, then they'll, then they'll be qualified because they have been arrested, they were military. Whereas Arizona, wasn't it like a half a million dollar entry fee? Like right away, that's your yes. fucking barrier. Well, it's they're a vertical state. And so it is a hyper-limited vertical state. And so there's 26 new verticals that they had to create. So you have to have the thing, the grow, the process, the retail. So of course, like they need all, all 26 of them would need investors. But, but there were, I thought there was also like a, a requirement of having something in, in your bank account, like a certain uh, amount. I, mean, I don't know if it was the uh, social equity round, but. Yeah, well, I, I can't remember the social equity round. It's been three years ago, but uh, they had to be pre-qualified and like take classes and and you know be certified by the state as social equity before. And it was a lottery, and so then they were, I don't know how much the lot play, but if you win, it's like you know millions and millions of dollars to come up. Well, it didn't provide you had a good partner, right? Like, like how these people in that article, someone got screwed just for uh, getting bought out, being forced to buy out. You're talking now, you know, give the ownership back to these people. Yep. And so they say uh, the story of Denzel Mason, a South Phoenix resident recruited by cannabis powerhouse Copper State Farms. 
to apply. And Copper State has one of the largest indoor grow facilities in the country and nine sole flower branded dispensaries throughout Arizona. So they found Mason and other partners dubbed Your Bright Horizon. So they created a program called Your Bright Horizon and submitted 106 applications alongside its social equity counterparts. They received the state received more than 1300 applications for those 26 licenses back in April of 22 and Copper State and its partners, the 106 applicants, secured three licenses, including the one it, uh, applied for with Mason, who worked with the cannabis industry for years and intended to open his own dispensary. Um, however, Copper State claims Mason jointly owned Your Bright Horizon, owed the company up to $3 million. About 800000 would have been partially reimbursed from Copper State for what it allegedly spent to participate in the social equity program including all the community outreach used to recruit Mason and others. That's crazy. And then also in that story, they're talking about how one of these people have a company. This is where the scary part of the money involved. They have a, a firm that's based out of Wyoming, even though the lawyers, the person's based out of uh, California. The Wyoming's where a lot of uh, your, 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 uh, your hiding money goes, right? Your LLCs that they don't have to disclose, you know, disclose anything. But, uh, well, Let's get Miggy back on the screen on there. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, you see a lot of Wyoming LLCs because they have less disclosure, also no tax in that state. Um, another place you see a lot of corporations is Delaware. So we have a, stort, a, stero, a story from Delaware. Delaware has re released draft rules, not very many of them, but they have released some draft rules. There's only like 13 pages. They have the Office of the Marijuana Commissioner in yeah. Delaware. That will be the regulator. I mean, so what's your deadline for the uh, the overall? At least they're working on it. Yeah, you have a public comment period going in there right now. You can leave public comments in Delaware until March 29th. And the draft regulations, do we have a copy of the draft regulations? I do not. Oh, there's some. There we go. Like I said. 16 pages of regulations. They ain't done. Yeah. You know, New Mexico's regulations are longer than 16 pages, and their regulations are pretty short. Usually well, regulations are like hundreds of pages, not 16. But is that just the beginning? Is that just the governing body description, right? 16 pages of who's in charge? Uh, yeah, I think it's really, really uh, early. I don't think all the regulations are out yet. I think these are just yeah. the drafts for right now. It hey, says thanks. continue to add sections of the regulations over the next few weeks. So check back. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Delaware is starting to show us what the game's going to be. We think it's going to be a lottery out in Delaware. There may be social equity in that lottery. We'll find out. Hey, thanks. Uh, what the pack? New member. What? What? Oh, cool. We got a New yep. Hampshire day. New Hampshire. All right. Let me find that story and pull it up. New Hampshire, House passes marijuana legalization bill, though Senate hurdles remain. I can't believe New Hampshire is that um, conservative that they still have not legalized it over there. It's like the only state in New England that has. House passes yeah. marijuana legalization bill, Senate hurdles remain on way to governor's desk. Now you got pockets of like old families and shit in the Northeast, right? Like, uh, People who've been in charge for a long time keep that our mind in this so we can't mm -hmm. change this. there's a reason why it was illegal right supporters are hopeful that the latest measure can finally pass the opposite chamber and curry favor 
Uh, that's an interesting verb there, Curry, uh, with Governor Chris Sununu and House lawmakers have approved 16 HB 1633 on a 239 to 141 vote, which makes me wonder what the heck, how come there's so many elected officials in, um, uh, you know, this is this is New Hampshire. Why do they have so many elected officials in their house? Oh. 239 plus 141 is a ridiculous number. I mean, like that's almost like the amount of, uh, you know, people that we have in Congress in Washington, D.C. from all 50 states. Uh, that, that, but, that's got to be a typo. Yeah. Well, it was just like a quarter of the population. And that's why they don't make moves because everybody's fucking in charge. So every yeah. asshole has an opinion that counts. Possession limits of four ounces. That's a sensible possession limit. Yeah. 100%. So it's still in the way up, though. It's nothing that's been has completed. Nope, it has to win in the Senate. So it okay. made it out by a ridiculously sus suspect vote in um, uh, the House, and now they have to go to the Senate. Where I'm not sure do they have like a hundred senators in New Me uh, not New Mexico, New Hampshire's, um, you know, uh, Senate. I, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just divvied up by like every mayor is a legislator. I don't know. We got some quotes here. Uh, here's some, one of the quotes. We're concerned about the people who are buying it on the black market and they're buying a product that's contaminated by fentanyl because of poor product handling. So that's that's why you go to the dispensary or to Three Shy here. They're still advertising down there for 100% legal premium THC products right to your door. Again, safe access. This is all about safe access, whether it be the quality of the plant or the place that you go to. And you know, if they legalize it, you know what they can do. What's that? They can play a little name that strain. Oh, let's play some name that strain. We have a new branded version of it. Let's hit that name that strain. Uh, that's uh, an interesting take on the name that strain. If you're enjoying that, that. was great. Yeah. Will, you killed it. That was yeah. great. Let us know what you think about that. We have a new artist uh, that's helping us produce the show back there. And uh, name that strain. Let's let's uh, talk about it. This one goes all the way. Oh, yeah. Not the, <laughs> not the one that has the um, – yeah, there we go. So it, it is um, – this would be like Land Race, I'd say. You know, like Yeah, Mexican Sativa. Uh, oh, yeah. Power. That's right. Mexican Sativa. Uh, it's gold or even a haze. Yeah. What so, yeah, you'd, you'd hear about this one. Like, it's quite old. And so sometimes it'd be called gold or haze. I didn't even see the name of it. Oh, you know what? That's what. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Joshua's close. Somebody's close. Oaxaca. Very close. But then uh, that's not the whole thing. That's right. It's the Oaxacan Highland because Mickey's in Mexico and he can't have weed. I don't know where the good weed is. I'm sure there's good weed out here, right? But uh, um, I'm still a tourist. I don't know anybody. I know. I want to know if you're if you're in Cabo. If you smoke, if you speak English, send your weed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
let's yeah, uh, let's yeah. get a little bit on uh, let's let's talk about the Oaxacan Highland a little bit. And so Oaxacan Island, old school strain, expert at hiding in plain sight, uh, confused. They have a description of it known as Mexican sativa. It defines that. It's evolved to look different than most weed. And it has wispy buds that give it that distinctive look once it's been cultivated and cured. It is in the Oaxacan Valley. And it is up in the heights or the highlands of the Oaxacan Valley. Land race strain. That looks like really good brickweed. Uh, you know, I bet this type of strain uh, was a lot of brickweed because oh, if that's growing in Mexico, you know, they would just let it go and then cut it down when it's ready to be packed, smash it into bricks, sprinkle some cut on it. Well, the the again, safe access. Some of the ways they do they used to uh, transport is they would cover it in gasoline, right? They would pack the the bundle wrap it with whatever strand wrap and then because the gasoline supposedly covers the smell from the dogs but uh you know god forbid we don't have to uh, smoke that kind of shit well that's too bad and call it creeper weed it's supposed to slowly creep up on you yeah, that is an effect well it, oh what we got here kentucky news kentucky news you have that one ready to go we're gonna hype uh See, like you're on you're on vacation, so like you're not at the the studio. So, yeah, yeah, I'll kind of help you out there a little bit. So we have the Kentucky Cannabis Conference that's coming up. I'm not going to be able to make it. They asked if I was going to be able to make it, and I said, "Oh, I'm going on spring break." I'm sorry. Uh, so the Kentucky Cannabis Conference and Lobby Day is presented by Kentucky Normal. Go to that if you are in Kentucky. They have a medical program starting. At, Pretty much this year, it's getting the rules together. The rules have been published. All the comment periods happening. There you go. Ryan's in Kentucky. Uh, this is going to be in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And if you want more info, I will just drop this in the live chat. And um, I would love to go to Kentucky. For, I would love to check out their uh, uh, fucking hemp farm. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, I, they're, they're really big on the verge there. Well, I mean, it's great that they're having this. And so this is part of the, the, the process. This is the, the, the rules aren't finalized yet. They're in the drafts. And so they can interact with the legislature and then hopefully also the administrative, you know, by creating and leaving public comments. But it, it, it is going to be a highly regulated medical program, um, which means like great capital requirements. And, you know, it's, it's going to be expensive. It'll be just, it's, it'll be cheaper than Illinois, maybe. But I'd have to look at like what real estate values and property costs are in Kentucky compared to Illinois. Tom has nothing fun to say about legalization. It's it's all fun. Well, you know, no. hey, we're doing the right thing. It just takes time. And then is it overregulated? Yeah. Yeah, it's overregulated. But the uh, the international news, not the international news, the international law and then the federal law, I think the Schedule Three crap is gonna still be like really regulated, but now you're gonna have well, feds hopefully setting some rules. We got more to talk about on that one, but also we, right now we have a follow-up from last week's uh, New York story. Uh, the mural, the mural that uh, they were told the cannabis store was told to take down from their uh, fun police, the governor of HC. Uh, the neighborhood was an outrage, and they brought it back. So Biggie Smalls, Troy's B.I.G. is baby mural is back. Yep, that was uh, some regulatory. They walked it back. And now uh, Biggie Smalls is back in New York. 
which is pretty interesting that the OCM issued a statement uh, that paved the way for the rapper in Brooklyn Navin's image to be restored at the address. They were instructed to do it by the Office of Cannabis Management on the grounds that the artwork violated its policy against enticement. Because when I see a, a, a portrait of Biggie Smalls, I always want to smoke a blunt. Uh, I mean, this is dumb as shit. Like all of a sudden, the kids, are, you know, this this one about the children is just, 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 it's too much. It is. It's a little too uh, too much. Why don't we move on to some shit that we weren't expecting this week? We have shit that we weren't expecting news. I'll uh, get to that. Did you know that online searches for Delta 8 products are higher in states where cannabis is illegal? Go figure. When uh, it's illegal, you're going to turn to an alternative. An alternative, pretty close. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're trying to find something that's uh, I also think, you know, when I was in the military, dude, you know, people who were smokers, they look for other things, right? That's what that spice shit caught on. Or people did harder drugs that are out of their system right away. You know, uh, when your pee can dictate your employment, that's fucked up, right? Not a portrait of big. It's just cover. Oh, oh. cover. Yeah, well, remember, done, didn't he put like his kid on one of them? So, like, because it's yeah, I don't know. By the way, whenever you see a baby, I always think, oh, man, that is that's stressful. I need a. <laughs> right? Well, wow. I mean, actually, dude, you got kids. You should know. Yes, it is. Yeah, they they uh they worry out. I tell you, I have to play a lot of hide and seek. I did not play this much hide and seek a few years ago. Oh, what you need to go out. So uh, some more searches though. We're we're, we're weeds prohibited. People are trying to find alternatives. They are one point nine times higher. So just twice as likely to be looked for in states where the adult use market is illegal. But again, we we have drug uh, ignorance that's being encouraged all the time. You know, uh, I can buy beer whenever I want, or depending on what state, weed. But, uh, you know. The manufacturers are engaged in synthesizing Delta 8 and not regulated. And that might be potentially dangerous because they are household products to facilitate this. Lab analysis of unregulated Delta 8 products have consistently found them to contain lower levels of the compound than advertised on their product labels. And some products have also been found to possess heavy metals and unlabeled cutting agents. So there you go. When you legalize it, this stuff happens. Safe access, baby. All Safe time. access. Well, that's why I think regulations is coming. Uh, regulations have to be coming for hemp simply because people are using the product like it's cannabis. And uh, in the legal states, it's a fairly regulated thing. Like you have to get it tested. You have to have a license for it. You have to pay your taxes. Right. But remember the conversation we had, what, two weeks ago with the lawyer, or maybe three weeks ago, um, the other lawyer who uh, we're talking about the African market, and it's like the plant is regulated after it's grown, right? We're not free, free you know, the farmer doesn't have to go, okay, this is going to be uh, a T-shirt or Saturday night or ointment. It's a plant first, and then what it tests, what it tests for, you know, that's when the rules should come into play. Okay. All right, let's go to California. And we have something out of the Beard Brothers Fro uh, Farms, their website. They published on February 19th. 
California lawyer is targeting Maryland for the latest social equity licensing lawsuit. And what is this all about? Oh, you haven't read it? Well, I, I have read some of it. I know that there is a lawsuit that's been filed challenging. There it is. Uh, it is challenging the Dormant Commerce Clause. And so that Dormant Commerce Clause lawsuit I've, I've already read. Uh, I haven't checked in on where it's at, if there's been like a TRO entered or anything. Yeah. The problem with this is they made it uh, in Maryland all but impossible to apply uh, for their licenses, unless you were a Maryland resident. Mm. And so like you and you qualify in Missouri, you qualify in Illinois because those states don't uh, violate the dormant commerce clause and allow for out of state actors to also participate, but they still have to be social equity. Yeah. And you didn't qualify under Maryland's uh, definition. Maryland required residency in certain zip codes. Didn't matter if you had uh, an arrest, you lived there, that was what mattered. And you'd have to be able to show uh, five years and you got pre-qualified before you were even able to get into the lottery. So kind of similar to what they did in Arizona. And then um, if you weren't in that zip code, you could have like gone to school there. Uh, and and so like that's oh. the other. So yeah, and you could have moved. And so provided that you went to school in Maryland, but then moved, you could apply if you could prove that you went to school there for the requisite number of years. Uh, those were the only non-Maryland residents to be eligible under their social equity criteria. So they're making the Dormant Commerce Clause um, argument, which sure. has worked uh, every time except for once in Washington State. Well, this one's pretty much open and shut, right? I mean, just as you said, it's a requirement, but also uh, uh, I just think with this guy, it's not his first time in the article it says for this kind of lawsuit, but mm -hmm. I, they could have renamed it this dickhead. Right, because this guy is slowing the process down for uh, multiple states, not just, but, uh, you know, is it a money grab thing? Uh, yes, so it's leverage and it's a limited li limited license state, you know, and so the limited license states attract um, uh, people that want to win a lottery and then have a valuable asset. Like we could try to create a deal where we're just gone from our license for trying to get a million bucks for it, something like that, you know. But that's what happens to the well that's that's what you can do you, you are free to make such a, a deal but right. you know you you can't sell it and it can't be completed until after you're operational well there's timelines too right because after operational and then like ownership for like another year or so um there's it it's every state's different and so like in maryland it's five years and 65 percent uh in illinois it's operational and that's it in missouri it's operational and the 50 percent plus person must still qualify as social equity it's one of the reasons i'm looking for so many um disabled veterans there's five million disabled veterans out there are you one of them do you know one of them what about touch yeah. with us over at uh, cannabisindustrylawyer.com uh, join town i mean uh, this is all about gamifying the system right i mean we're all just trying and and, and if the good guys can win because this you know, we talk about MSOs being creepy and evil, but there's just people that are behind good, not trying to screw you or take advantage of you right away. They want to, it's a business, right? You're going to be negative for a little bit. Hopefully they have patience and belief the same one that you do. Because mm -hmm. None of this is going to be an overnight uh, success, right? Like, like as soon as we, I mean, we got the license, we won the license rather. We haven't got nothing. 
we, we won seven months ago and uh you know fingers crossed uh, uh, these guys will figure it out because aren't you guys coming up on another type of round too i heard uh, another speaking you know, of yeah you know, there's there's rounds and so like the illinois is only about 50 percent done i mean if you include our um, 55 licenses that have already been like awarded or like one there's still like another 250 licenses to go before illinois final like Fully built out it would be 610 dispensaries, uh, yeah. 110 from earlier, uh, the medical rounds, and then 500 social. Well, so far, they're all social equity ones uh, issued by uh, after legalization. But, you know, that could take years because if they do 50 next year, 50 this year. But then there's supposed there's a deadline coming up in July to be operational. And about 75 percent of them aren't, you know, for whatever, whatever stretch of the imagination like they couldn't make a deal um they couldn't they, they were too greedy on the sales price all sorts of stuff could be the reason why they're not operational yet well cole i don't know you know chill noise cole's been talking about uh two recent social equity businesses that uh closed doors right that's yes but that those are those social equity businesses are uh, infusers and then the the hemp industry has completely made that license worthless like there's no reason to build out that the only people that you'd be able to sell to are the people that are going to the dispensary as opposed to like we can just start googling hemp products right now and have them delivered to me so like i don't understand anybody who would like want to get into an infused license because if you want to make a beverage if you want like ice cream for example you can't do ice cream unless it's hemp because of the way the rules work uh and so and then beverages same thing beverages cost a lot of money you know, wouldn't you rather just be selling that and trying to get them into liquor stores and calling them hemp and getting it distributed as opposed to playing by all those rules and having all that compliance cost and having a limited customer base. And, and so like, that's really um, why those licenses are kind of you know, destined to fail right now. I, but this is also too about your business like Washington State, there's no, I don't think, strong hemp business per se, right? Everything, if people want uh, product, drinks, diffuse, whatever, they want weed products. They don't want, you know, because we almost got infused Delta 9 products or converted from Delta 8 into the market that they sued for and stopped. And now it's part of the regulation. But this is also goes to prove, so like hemp itself too can be international, right? Like mm -hmm. hemp is an international product. So like now we have this Germany, you know, yeah, we're we got a little bit of international news. Let's cover that. Germany did it. They legalized yeah. it. Yeah. Quasi, quasi, of course. You always have to walk it back, don't you, Germany? So it's quasi legalized, medical boost expected. And then <coughs> Updated with a vote tally. All right. The law approved in the Bundestag. I am not pronouncing that one right. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm trying, but I'm not. 400. You have to shout it. That's it. Right. <laughs> Bundestag. Yeah, 407 yeah. to 226. Uh, decriminalized cannabis allows for home grow, lays legal groundwork for so called cannabis cultivation social clubs. Nonprofit organizations where members can acquire marijuana for recreational use. So interesting. They're kind of going the nonprofit model. And um, interesting. 
Now, big question with you, because you're the, the lawyer, uh, uh, constitutionalist. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, that article that Danielle brought up, and I saw it in the comments before, as we talked about other countries legalizing per se, is don't they violate that uh, UN agreement that we uh, we have? Like, won't this uh, put a little yeah. kink in the uh, argument? I think I think this is one of the reasons why it's not quite fully legal. Um, and so exactly. So there's a, a couple of parts in the article that we can go over. So, you know, they call it quasi legalization. Mm -hmm. And so a German attorney, not going to try to pronounce that name, uh, specializing in criminal law, said possession of cannabis will still remain illegal with just a couple of exceptions. Uh, possession of up to 25 grams in public and 50 grams at home. Private cultivation of up to three plants at home, which must be really shitty yielders, by the way, if they're only getting that much. Yeah. Uh, just, just throw it away after you harvest. It. Just throw it away. Uh, adults will be allowed to grow cannabis in social clubs together. Uh, and then members will be mm -hmm. entitled to up to 50 grams per month from the cannabis clubs. So it really isn't completely legal and it's not so uncontrolled. I mean, this might what we would have to do then is like look at the federal look at the international law about how they're supposed to uh, regulate it and then see if there's they're complying with it or if they're just outright out of it the problem with illinois not illinois the problem with america trying this is we stupidly put in our in our law to comply with international law so if we really wanted to legalize it we would just delete part of the controlled substances act and be like there we go hey but you said you'd sign the treaty and we do that yeah that was 1961 us <laughs> but I mean, like, if this is, uh, if they make the efforts to do it nationally, and again, what about Canada? What, what, what's the, you know, how come they're not breaking the rules or violating uh, conditions? Did they sign that uh, single convention back in 1961? I don't know if Canada signed on. I'm assuming Germany yeah. did, but I'd have to check. I would assume Canada did too, but like, you know, in this uh, argument about doctrine that no one really knows about. There it is. Really? Oh, hang on. Oh, yeah. I, I read the single convention all the time, mostly because, you know, I'm kind of a nerd. And uh, now I need oh, crap. It's, it's loading the wrong thing. I hate when that does it. Uh, it's loading on Adobe as opposed to coming up in Google. I should reset my defaults. There it is. There's this and open with Google Chrome. And there it is. And of course, it's not in the one I'm sharing. Okay. There the single yeah. convention here, guys. I'm going to, oh, I'm not, this is a download. I can't share this with the audience, uh, but that's that's it. It's not very long. It's only 44 pages. Let's see here. Do we have Canada on this? ABC Canada, yep. right there. There you go. So Canada is openly uh, violating it. Where's Germany? It's back in, in 1961, though, it was a little bit different for Germany, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't yeah. quite how it was now. Um, do we have West Germany? No. Uh, well, Argentina. The USSR signed it. Uh, I don't see Germany, though. Poland, H, Guatemala, Greece, Dahomey. Don't forget Dahomey. D-A-H-O-M-E-Y. <clears throat> Czechoslovakia, not a country anymore. It is kind of funny, like, watching um, you know, this oh, Paraguay. type of stuff. Paraguay. There's, oh, there's Paraguay. Oh, there's Germany. Federal Republic of. Oh, wow. So I'm not sure if that was uh, West Germany or East Germany. So no longer legally binding? Is that what we're going with? Uh. I mean, it's like uh, Istanbul used to be communistable. Perhaps. 
but then they, you know, there's there's ways there are exceptions to like how you can kind of have cannabis be quasi legal, provided that it's still regulated and um, uh, it's not and it's for medical use. If it's for medical research use, uh, and like what Germany's doing, it doesn't seem like it's just strictly for money that Canada does. So maybe yeah. uh, violating international law. The problem with America is that we wouldn't just be violating international law. We'd also be violating our own law, which we usually comply with. And so that's why yeah. we would need to amend the uh, Controlled Substances Act so that we could also, like these other states, be like, meh, that was 1961. Well, so the, the workaround right now still is to deschedule. So once it becomes descheduled, then we could even perhaps have that, uh, the inner commerce like, you know, the, with other nations like hemp, right? Because sure. if we do the, the, the policy where we uh, legislate the plant after it's, it's harvest, opposed to like before it's grown, right? Like you're a psychic farmer. You know, there's so many magical psychic farmers out there now. So Magic farmers. There's more magic farmers coming soon. Uh, I was reading a bill about le they were legalizing or thinking about legalizing uh, mushrooms in Illinois. So that that's going to happen. And a lot of states are going to legalize mushrooms. And then I don't know what, what's left after that. Uh, well, acid. But I mean, as far as like holistic options go, uh, mushrooms are definitely, you know, mushrooms are like uh, cannabis becomes a strain, right? There's only like the one or two that are uh, actually uh, scheduled. And then the rest are like uh, still make you happy fun time sometimes, but uh, or kill you one of the or kill you. I tell you, we've done it again. We spent a whole hour together talking about all the cannabis news that was in the past week. We have uh, a leap year this year, and so Thursday that's usually not there in any given year, but we get it this year. I'm not sure what you're going to do for leap day. I'll be here. Um, I can't leave in the day of, so maybe I'll travel back in time. Travel back in time. Awesome. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much, everybody. And of course, yeah. if you are a member, we put you in the outro. So we're going to hit that outro and we will see you next week. Yeah.